towards us. God, we love you more than anything. We want to worship and adore you, for you are worthy to be praised. You are an awesome God. Thank you, Lord, that you are gracious and merciful, that you rather show your mercy and your grace rather than your wrath. So, Lord, we come for confession to you. We want to turn our hearts back towards you. Reveal to us, Lord, our hidden faults that they may not have mastery over us. Lord, we want to surrender to your will and to your spirit. Move, Almighty God. Have thine own way. So that truly we will walk out what we confess. Submission, submitting to your spirit. Lord, prepare our hearts and our minds to receive a word from you. That we might see Jesus. And have your word hidden in our heart. That we might not sin against you, Lord, we pray. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You are happy to be in the house of the Lord one more time. It's all right to say amen. amen. It's great to be here and able to fellowship in the midst of this ongoing pandemic we've been dealing with. Uh, but the knowing that there's something special uh, when the saints can come together and we can lift our voices together and we can intercede and pray with one another. There's power when we can come together. The Bible does not say that unless two or three gather together, right? There's a, there's a benefit of the church uh, coming together. And we're going to specify that a little bit more today in Galatians 6 chapter uh, when Paul is calling on the church to say, he who is spiritual to restore the one who has stumbled, who has fallen. And informing a beloved community means I need to care about you as you need to care about me. There's a one song that we sing, I pray for you, you pray for me. We're all a part of God's family. Which means that I should be concerned about your well-being as you should be concerned about mine. Well-being, as we are the body of Christ, let us work together to build up one another. Jesus is calling us to form what we like to call a beloved community, a community that's defined by a group of people living together in unity of love. When you look up the word just community, it is defined as a group of people living together in the same place under the same laws. Well, one place we do have in common is earth, but then we are divided, right, and multiplied and dispersed throughout the earth. But many of us can definitely say there's one law we can keep together. That is to love one another. God has created this place we call earth and given this place to us to have dominion and to rule over. But also he is giving us the law, as Christ says, the greatest law of these is to love one another. The law of God should hold us together, as Paul writes to him in his great letter, Galatians 5, chapter, verse 14, for the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. This law of love is a good one. Most cultures have ways to show respect 
and reverence in their country. Think about how you show respect and reverence from shaking hands to a wave to a bow. Yet the commonality is how to show respect. But when I highlight here about how love and respect come together, because when we get the word respect is another way to understand the word reverence or to revere. And when we revere God, we know him and to know God is to love him. Proverbs 1 and 7 says the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. And so if I know God, then I will know how to love God. And when I love God, I know how to fear him. I know how to respect him. And when I respect him, I respect his creation and those around me. And I will love them as I love myself. That's why when he gave them this law that they would repeat day after day, a part of that law was Deuteronomy 6, chapter verses 5 through 7. It says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Verse 7 says that same Deuteronomy chapter, repeat them again, again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. If you're not getting it, let me point out to you that God has made a statement for them. Hey, I need y'all to do the one great teaching pedagogical tool is repetition. I need to remind them each and every day whom they are to serve. And don't just do it in the morning, but do it in the afternoon and do it at night. And guess what? Repeat, rinse, do it again. And so when we understand that if I want to love God, I have to make up my mind each and every day to serve him, to love him, and to honor him and humble him. Just as many of us have to make up our mind each and every day from Monday to Friday, if you're going to go to work or not, you make up your mind, I'm going to make it today. I don't want to go, but I got to go clock in because somebody got to pay these bills. I'm talking to somebody here. So we can understand that there's times that we make up our mind that I'm going to do what needs to be done in order for it to get done. God is making it clear that in order for you to know how to love me, you have to practice this. You have to meditate on this. You have to receive this. And so when Paul is writing to them in the sixth chapter, concluding this letter, he's putting it, understanding them when he says in 514 about how we ought to love one another, that we ought to submit to this law. And this will lead to have a beloved community. Again, community means to be in the same place with the same law. And here's the thing about how we understand about equity and, and, and equal treatment, right? That we know that something just don't look right. How can they say, I love you, but I can't let you come to my neighborhood? Y'all quiet on me. Uh, How's that I say, I love you like God's people, but you can't come through the front door. You got to come through the back door. Mm -mm. I I, I love you, but yet I don't want to make it easy for you to vote and put people that don't look like me into power. I'm not talking to somebody. I I ain't trying to cause no problem, but I'm just saying what it is. Now, we look through society about people say they love somebody, but then they make laws that are disproportionately hurting a certain kind of people. That does not look like love. So when we're submitting to the same law, that if I treat you the same way I want to be treated, I give you the same opportunities that I have, then there's no need to say the same such thing as reverse racism, which is a lie. There's no need to say that there's reverse affirmative action. In an aspect, if I was equally supporting and giving everybody opportunity, then all these additional man-made laws would not be needed. But if I love you and I care for you, think about it, how... That's why we understand what's fair. That's why no matter what sporting event you go to, there's always somebody upset. 
because we see things differently. This referee is calling too many calls for the other team. He's not fair. And, and the problem is that you want your team to win. So it looks like that player is causing say, well, call it, call it what you say. Call it both ways. If you're going to do it, call it both ways. But sometimes we know that there's sometimes egregious acts. It seems like, how can you call that a foul? But well, this person just got mauled, but you didn't. You swallowed the whistle. Y'all remember the movie, Remember the Titans? That's a foul. <laughs> He's yelling in the referee, that's a foul. But the referee's not going to throw a flag just to make sure we lose. So we understand when things don't look safe and, and equal and respected. And yet, if I love you, then I can stand up for it. And so submitting to this law will lead to a supporting and loving community. We will look to ask and those who are oppressed, how can I help you? We will look to those who are being discriminated to ask them, how can I support you? We will empathize with those and understand that maybe this not be my lived experience, but I understand this is your lived experience. How can I help you? God's love moves us to act in compassion and gentleness, to build and not to destroy, to, un- to unite and not divide. Jesus wants us to make a culture of love that makes it more conducive to see growth and more love. This act will put others first and yourself last. This will place you in the position of humility and a position for God to use you for his glory and for his honor. And yet you may not get a pat on your back, but I want to hear and encourage you that great is your reward in heaven than here on earth. And so here's the situation that Paul is bidding out to them. So when we get back to the sixth chapter, look into this text. When the captain rewind a little bit into the fifth chapter of Galatians, verse 26 says, let us not become conceited or provoke one another to be jealous of one another. Verse 1 of chapter 6 is, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. I want to highlight here that notice he gives the preference of that do not become conceit and jealous and envy. Basically saying that do not get caught up thinking about you are who you are somebody you are not. But basically, as Christians, as disciples of Christ, we are to follow Christ, follow the leader. And following the leader, basically, is sort of like in a marching band, right? In a marching band, you may have a drum major. The drum major will be out front, and he, that drum major, whoever he or she may be, is keeping the rhythm, is keeping the step of the band, that they're going to walk to that rhythm. And so they got to follow wherever that drum major goes. Wherever that person goes, they want to follow and keep in step and keep in line. Jesus Christ is our drum major. We should be following him and keeping in step. And there might be some people before us that might have got us into that line. And so now we're following them. As Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And, and so we're following in this marching band together. But yet we got to keep the rhythm. We got to keep the step. Because if you get off step, you might call somebody else to get off step. To get off rhythm. And so literally you need to follow the, and maintain the proper rhythm and follow him who's walking. Christ calls us to be his disciples that we must deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow after him. Knowing that as I'm going to serve him, i got to learn how to serve him. That I have to truly follow him. And how do I follow him? i got to follow the living word. Psalm 119.105 says, your word is a lamp to to guide my feet and a light unto my path. 
When the Lord gives us our direction and marching orders, we will keep the rhythm by keeping the word in our hearts. We will not lose focus if we keep our eyes stayed on him and also our ears attentive to the rhythm that he's given to us. We've got to hear his word. Tell your neighbor, you've got to hear his word. And so when we can hear his word, then we are able to give clear direction and help to someone who may be off rhythm. We'd be able to restore them and get them back in line and help them to understand that this is the way we need to go. Let me come to you. But here's the thing, that I don't come with condemnation. I don't come with judgment, but I come with gentleness. This is evident because of the fruit of the spirit. Gentleness is expressed. Kindness is expressed. Humility is expressed. And this attitude of of being concerned about my brother and sister in Christ's well-being is over my own self-preferences. This will remove my self-righteousness and my own tending to judge and to condemn. Let me tell the truth about it, right? We are always judging people. If we tell the truth about it, that we look at it and say, I'm not like them. That's what we say to ourselves to make ourselves feel better, but yet the truth of the matter is that today you're not like them. There's some days that we got caught the other way. We realize that maybe I'm just as bad. The, the thing is that we don't know how ugly we really are. Sometimes it takes somebody else to put up the mirror for you to see, oh, that's what I look like. Here's a beautiful thing that I get reminded all the time talking to my children. I, I don't like to raise my voice. I don't like to yell, but I do it, but I think I don't do it. So my son starts crying to me and said, Daddy, you yelled at me. And I'm said, I'm so sorry, son. Now, here's me yelling. Yelling, I don't go to the top of my voice. I just go from sit down to sit down. And to him, that was yelling because I did change my voice. He could see the anger and the frustration in my voice. And therefore, I impacted his emotions. He let me know that, Daddy, you yelled at me. And so from that moment in time, now I am realize that I didn't like that either, son. If that's what I did to you and that's what I look like, I want to change that behavior. But yet I needed him to reflect it because I thought I was cool. I thought daddy was under control. I thought daddy was doing it right. But my son let me know that if you want to listen to me, daddy, you really want to care about me, then you will understand that I didn't receive that well from you. And when we can be real with people, we can let them know that there's some issues in our hearts that we're not right yet and that we need someone that can be able to come to us and speak to us and that we'll be able to hear them. But notice how they too got to be gentle and restoring and not condemnation, that we want to expect the best out of somebody and not expect the worst. This will encourage trust and love. When we can trust you, we can help you. When we, when we help you, because we trust you. And that way, think about it. You don't go to people you don't trust to help you in time of vulnerability. Right? You, you want to you ask somebody for a reference. You want to ask them, that have you been there before? Do you trust their quality of work? All right, well, I value your, your judgment, so therefore I'm going to go to that place. But people you don't trust, you'd be like, no, nah, let me give me a second opinion. Let me go to somebody. Same thing, right? You, you hear one doctor tell you something. You say, well, let, let me go talk to my doctor. Uh, my doctor know me all my life. Let me go check with them and make sure that they got the same uh, analysis that you have and make sure it's right. We, we understand that I want to go to somebody I trust and I believe. How much more so the body of Christ be a place of trust and love and confidentiality that I can go to you in my time of heart. Uh, hardship, a time of pain, a time of weakness, knowing that you will not needlessly expose me, that you won't abuse me, you won't condemn me, you won't judge me, but yet you'll care for me. You'll speak life into me. You'll pray with me. You'll study with me. 
You'll fast with me. You'll do whatever needs to be done to help me get back on the right path. Six, two says, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. How is it sharing someone's burden is obeying the law of Christ? Well, the law of Christ basically is that you should love one another. And look what Jesus said. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light." And so what it is that he says that I am taking away your heavy load. How much more as Christians that we may not be able to take away somebody's heavy load, but we can help them carry it. We can help them and be with them and say, hey, I, I, can't, I can't change necessarily what you're going through, but I can help you make it through. I don't come to condemn you, but I come to encourage you. May, may we be an echo chamber of love and empathy and support to help somebody get a better handle of what's going on in their life. How do you know you are able to share? Because you need to do a, a self-check. It says he that is spiritual. So how do I know I'm healthy enough? Well, one thing to understand is healthy is that you need to check with somebody else. Do you have an accountability partner? Someone that you can talk to, someone you, you pray with, someone that you can share, hey, I'm having this issue, and they can pray with you and help rebuke you and chastise you and encourage you to turn away from whatever you're hindering you. See, here's the situation about being a Christian. We need to understand that we don't always have it all together. We need to have somebody to be there with us and say, you know what? Uh, you could have done this better. Uh, Jesus tells Peter, that the enemy wants to shift you like me, but I prayed for you. So that after you fall, see, this is what Jesus said, after you fall, that you repent <laughs> and you go and restore your brothers. Here's a beautiful thing about Jesus understood that, Peter, you're going to fall, but that's all right. I was praying for your strength that after you fall, you can repent and be restored. See, here's the beautiful thing about us that we don't need to get on somebody about them falling. We know they're going to fall. Mm. We are weak. We're going to sin. That's why Christ died on the cross for our sins. But yet we also know that he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness, those who confess to him. So when we can confess, so, so we got to get with our brothers and sisters and say, hey, we just need to repent. We need to turn our hearts back to him. I'm not here to make you down, but yet I want to encourage you that this is sin and we need to repent from this sin. See, sometimes people are not getting healed in their lives because they don't want to acknowledge the hurt and the pain that is there and realize that you can just let go and let God. To give God our, our pain, to give God our suffering, give God our hurt, to give God our grievances, our anger, all those things. All God is big enough to handle all of that. The beautiful thing is that that's why he brought us to encourage one another that we come in love. And so as we're staying in rhythm, as we're following our leader, we got to make sure that we're all marching to the same music. Are we listening to the word of God? It says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. But yet, you know, we, that we don't define our love by how we love ourselves. See, the first commandment is to love your God. So if I love my God, then I'm loving everything about my God. And so if, to know who God is, look in Genesis, right? God created the heavens and the earth. Do I love his creation? 
Am I taking care of his creation as he asked me to? And then if I'm taking care of his creation, then I should not be abusing and misusing and mistreating those who are his creation. And so what I understand is that I cannot just love somebody as I love myself, but do I love them as God has called me to love them? Which means that I might be called to serve some people I may not want to serve. See, we cannot classify our neighbor as we want to classify our neighbor. When Jesus was teaching about how to love your neighbor in the, in the story about the Good Samaritan, basically was saying that those who you despise, those who you hate, those are who you should love. That's why I hurt. That's why that man did not say the Samaritan. He said the one that showed compassion. It hurts us oftentimes when we are convicted and knowing what we have done is wrong, that we must submit and surrender to the will of God. And so we are able to share when we are honest with our own spiritual health. And we're looking to God and saying, God, touch my heart. Transform me, renew me. Help me to confess and repent of my sins, knowingly and unknowingly. And then how can I, God, be gentle and kind and showing the fruit of the spirit of others so that they too know what it means to come in the body of Christ? Because Galatians 6 and 3 says, if you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. We need to humble ourselves and reach out and help one another. And so when we're doing that, we got to pay careful attention to our own work and not get caught up about how great we are. For we are, verse 5 and 6 says, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Those who are taught the word of God shall provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. And don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. See, if I continue to stay focused on the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the Bible reminds us all these other things will be added on. And so therefore, I, I have to be concerned about kingdom-minded business, not my self-preference, not my own ideology, not my own position. But I need to be concerned about the kingdom's position. And oftentimes, it may conflict what I think because I don't know everything. That's why I got to go back and make sure I'm listening and following the word of God. So if my brother and my sisters falls down, would I be strong enough to help them so I don't fall into the same temptation, but help them to get back on the right path? And then for us also realize that we are responsible for our own conduct. I can't blame somebody else for my behavior. But yet I realize I reap. What I sow. We are in the time of harvest now, and so those who sowed are reaping their hearts. And oftentimes, we, we may not know how great our harvest will be until it comes. 
But also we know the more I sow, the greater my harvest potential is. Y'all don't hear me? You see, if you don't sow anything, you know you're not going to reap anything. And so if you want to increase your potential, you want to increase the sow. And so therefore, I got to increase my time in God's word. Increase my time in devotion and fellowship in him and feeding my spirit. So that when my brother and my sister is in need, I have something to offer. I, I, I know we want people to have stuff in stores. That's why you go to the grocery store. You don't go to the grocery store to see empty shelves. I've been with you going to the grocery store trying to find some products or find out that they're empty. And the grocery stores are getting smart now. When they have empty aisles, they just fill it up with other stuff. I notice that now. I'm like, this is not the aisle that I'm in that's supposed to have the stuff I'm looking for. But y'all put a whole bunch of stuff. So you make people look like these are not some empty shelves. I'm looking for some paper products. They got boxes here of all the stuff that's not paper products. All the paper products gone, but they don't want you to know that they're they empty. They're like, hey, we'll put whatever we want, right? We want to get stuff. We want to put the image that we always have something. But be careful of how we want to act it's like somebody. We always got it together. You're going to hurt somebody when they come to get what they need. They're not going to find it. And then, you know, just like I left that girl so frustrated because <laughs> I didn't get the help that I needed. How much more we need to humble ourselves and say, hey, I don't have it, but I can help you find somebody. That can help you out. That we can, as a community, as a beloved community, we can support and love one another and care for one another. But I'm, I'm responsible for my own conduct, for how I'm walking, how I'm talking. May I not be leading you astray. May I not be misleading you. Or may I cause you to stumble and fall because I'm caught up in my own sin that I'm too blinded to see how I'm hurting you. But yet realize that as the body of Christ, I'm hurting you because we are connected. So if I remember that we are connected, then I must remember that I'm responsible for my own behavior and I will reap what I sow. And so understanding that if you want more love, you need to sow more love. You can't go walk around saying, why nobody loves me. When you need to check in, how much love did you give today? Don't go around getting mad how people being mean to you when you're not being kind yourself. Here's a beautiful thing about those being kind, right? Here's the situation. I, I challenge you, I challenge you to do this this week, uh, that you hold the door for somebody. I know it's very rare that we go to those doors that you have to hold, but one day you, when you do go to one of those doors you'll hold and it's going to a place, I challenge you just to hold the door for somebody else. And, and notice how that might impact them, how they might hold the door for you. Because you gave kindness, they want to give it back. You reap what you sow. But yet I've seen those people that cut through the door. They don't want to hold it, touch it. They want somebody to hold it and they try to sneak on in. Right? And the next door closes on in their face in the, in the other door. You read what you saw. They try to get in. Boom. Now they got to wait and stuff like that. Right? But when they want to hold on, right? Oh, after you. No, after you. No, after you. No, after you. All right. All right. I'll get the next one. Kindness. Think about it. How you can just be kind to somebody. How they return that back. They don't even have to know you. But they recognize kindness. They recognize love. They recognize gentleness. And here's the beautiful thing about our God, that our God recognizes it too. And greater is your reward in heaven than here on earth. There's, there's a beautiful thing about how our God will not be mocked. Know what the text says? God will not be mocked. 
We can have people selling, selling, I love God, I worship God, and you out there living like you don't worship God. And God truly sees it. You reap what you sow. Notice what the text says. So those who sow in the flesh are going to get what the flesh brings. Death and destruction. But those who sow in the spirit, guess what they get? Eternal life. Y'all see that thing? Everlasting life from the spirit. So he gets this words of encouragement in verse 9. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. Even though you may not get a pat on the back. Even though they may not put your name up in big lights. Even though they may not send you a thank you letter. Even though people may not even know your name. Don't get upset that they don't know your name. But know that Jesus says, I know your name. Know who all who call on the name of the Lord's name is written in the book of life. Knowing that when he comes back, that when he calls your name, you'll be changed the treatment of an honor forever be with him. Knowing that his name, when he calls on you, has eternal power and presence. So regardless if somebody famous down here does not know your name, know that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, he knows your so don't get tired of doing good. But notice that in the due season, in the right season, your harvest of blessing will come. Y'all see that in the text? Sure. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to who? Everyone. Especially to those in the family of faith. So, beloved, we are responsible of creating the community we want. We are responsible of showing others what love looks like. And we know that though we may not see the full fruit here, we know one day there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And all our practice that we've been putting in, we'll get to play for real forever in his presence. Let us pray. Father, we are grateful that you are calling us to form a beloved community. Realizing that we don't all have it all together. But collectively as together we can Humbly come before you. We can repent, confess, and we thank you through your spirit will transform us, change and renew us, and draw us into your presence. And so, Father, we ask you right now to search our hearts, search our minds. There might be someone who does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Lord. I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave on the third day. And we thank you, Lord, that Jesus, you are now seated at the right hand of the Father. And Father, we thank you for all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Lord, I pray that they can find a Bible believing, preaching, teaching church where they can disciple, be discipled, grow, be baptized, and have communion with one another. Move as only you can, Almighty God, and we submit to your way 
into your will. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us live online. Thank you for joining us here in worship. We give glory and honor to our God as we continue to prepare to worship Him here. Um, you can also worship Him through giving online. You can text to give or join our app on John www.johnbcpeoria.com's website. Thank you, God. Bless you. Amen. May we rise here.